Hi, and welcome to the Soul Rising Podcast. I'm Dana. During your time here, you will step into your soul through enlightened conversations, meditations, and stories about healing. I started my own journey on this path long ago by earning a master's degree in counseling, becoming certified in regression and Reiki, and doing countless hours of work to raise my own vibration. It is my hope that you will see yourself reflected in me and in my guests and find self-awareness or a healing method that will propel you further on your own path. It's my belief that we aren't just healing ourselves. We are also healing all the women who came before us and all who are yet to come. Join me every Tuesday to feel more in touch with the beautiful soul that you are. If you are looking for ways to incorporate spirituality and wellness into your everyday routine, then this is the episode for you. My guest, Britt Olson, is a certified health coach, a fellow podcaster, an expert in holistic wellness, and I am so excited for you to hear all of the incredible tips and strategies that she has for you today. We discuss her magic routine, what it stands for, and how to incorporate each of the elements into your day in a way that is heart-centered and gentle. Britt is truly such a beautiful soul with a calming and loving presence, and she explains wellness concepts in a way that doesn't include shame or guilt. She also guides you on how to use your intuition in conjunction with your eating habits and nutrition, tips for tracking how your body reacts to certain foods or supplements, and ways to bring more creativity into your life. But before we jump into this episode, I want to remind you that I am holding a group past life regression session on Sunday, May 9th at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time on Zoom. This is an opportunity for anyone who is interested in regression work but is hesitant for any number of reasons. The session will last for one hour and you will feel what it's like to be regressed in a safe, supportive, and high vibrational environment. The price point is also extremely affordable at $44 per person, so click the link in the show notes below to purchase tickets. And with that, let's get into this episode with Britt Olson, a truly beautiful and bright light in this world, someone that I consider part of my soul family. <laughs> Welcome, Britt. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited to have you. This is a long time coming, and I so respect you as a fellow podcaster in this space. And, you know, I really love when I get to interview podcasters because you understand what this is on a level that <laughs> most people don't. So I am so grateful to have you here and in this space with me. Thank you so much, Dana. I'm truly so honored to be here with you as well. And it's so fun being on the other side too and getting interviewed as well, because as you know, we definitely conduct way more interviews than kind of flipping the mic. So this is really fun to do. And I just so respect you. And especially for the fact that you've been in this space for a few years now, like launching my podcast was something I gosh, wanted to do six years ago when I had first listened to Jess Lively. Actually, The Lively Show was my first ever podcast. And I'll never forget, my friend showed me that episode. And that episode, is, I mean, the content was amazing, but I was like, what is this and how can I do this? And basically talked myself out of it until 2020 and then was like, let's try it. So, so oh my respect gosh. you. I'm so the same. I heard the first time I heard a podcast, I was like, how can I do this? I like, I need to I do this. 
Yep. And just like me, you are self-made, self-taught, all of the things we do, all the things behind the scenes that no one can see. And um, it's a lot of work, but I think it's a beautiful compliment, especially to the work that you are doing in the world. And, you know, what I love about you so much is that you take spirituality and you combine it with the human body and with wellness. And you really have this whole person approach to helping people with body, mind, spirit, soul, all of it. So tell me a little bit about how you got into this space and, and what you do for my listeners who aren't familiar with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. That's truly such a compliment. And that is, yeah, exactly what I do. But for me, you know, the health and wellness space and spirituality have always gone hand in hand, even when I wasn't completely conscious that they were going hand in hand. So from a health and wellness standpoint, I've always loved health and wellness. I've gone through my own health journeys. I've done the restrictive eating and borderline disordered eating and the diet culture, the just kind of running rampant and then on like an energetic soul level, also a wellness level have also really struggled with burnout in the past and just having so much energy and wanting to do all the things and trying to tame that inner people pleaser that I have to work on daily and have equally hit burnout. And just with career kind of laser focused in the career realm of things and really went through this whole journey that then led into my spiritual journey, even though that's been an ongoing journey, really my whole life looking back, like I've just always been so aware of energy and our relationships and working with those above us and being in tune with the nature and the earth and everything like that. But it really wasn't until kind of like midway through my Saturn return that it all started coming together. And even in a sense that I had basically, I quit the corporate world because I couldn't handle it. I always wanted to be an entrepreneur and ended up starting my own digital marketing company with a focus on nonprofits. Again, that inner desire to help people. I've always carried this need to help people and have just funneled that in so many different avenues until I fully delved into my health and wellness company, Ambu, that I have now, but really got a taste of working for myself. And with marketing, it was like, oh, I can help businesses and help people and did PR and was always helping people. And then from a nonprofit side, but I remember sitting with some clients and they were like, oh, so what's your long-term goal? I'm going to be a life coach. And they were like, what? But you're like managing our whole PR strategy right now. What do you mean you're going to be a life coach? And it would just come out. And then I was like, why did I just say that? Um, so then it all kind of, you know, basically the whole journey intermingled within itself. I had my real spiritual awakening. And at the same time, my now husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, he went through a massive chronic illness and unexpected diagnosis. So I was rapidly thrown into the world of autoimmune disease and chronic illness and not being able to diagnose something and watching someone just completely change from an experience that was so traumatizing and then being filled with prescription medications and witnessing this situation of really not being cared for and really just feeling like he was just a number and there was no realization on the whole picture side of things. And 
coincidental or synchronistically, I don't believe in coincidences, but a few months before his health journey, I, at the time was struggling with some cystic acne. I couldn't get rid of was dealing with some gut issues and had discovered the medical medium and his teachings of just, it's so simple. It's plants, it's herbs, it's fruits and vegetables. And like, that is literally what heals us. And it was just that instant connection. Like same when I read my first astrology book, it was like, boom, this makes sense. And then we went into my husband's health journey unexpectedly. And through all of that, this passion for what I was meant to do in this lifetime just basically fell into my lap and I couldn't stop researching for him. I was just enthralled with all of it. And in the process, he started his own nonprofit to help people. And then for me, I was like, this is my purpose. And then also looking at energy in the body and how everything is literally intertwined and connected within each other. When you were helping to heal your husband and also helping to heal yourself, how much of it do you think was looking at outside sources like the the medical medium and kind of learning some of the nuts and bolts and how much of it was using your intuition? Because I imagine you had to use both. So what kind of was your experience in balancing both of those things? 100%. So it's interesting that everything, and I don't want to make myself sound like a genius because I'm not by any means, but this is just the intuitive nature and intuitive powers within us when we do fall into that flow. But it was as if I was reading things, but I already knew them. And it was like, they made sense at this soul level. And it was this deepest connection to truth than really I had ever felt before, except when reading like my first Gabby Bernstein book and learning about the universe and like law of attraction and yoga and meditation and all these modalities that just felt so truthful to me. And that was the same thing that really the medical medium opened my eyes to as it pertained to herbs and fruits and plants and just their healing powers and what they do for our bodies. And then on the other side of that same coin is the foods that are not serving our bodies and what we are consuming both internally through food, but then also consuming in our outer experiences, whether that is in a toxic work environment or in relationships or thinking, you know, I always believe that we're every action or choice we're making, we do with the best of intention at the time. We're really not ill-willed. We just might get a little confused or the water might get a little murky, but I like to believe all of us are acting with the best of intention. So same thing. If you're eating fast food every day and you don't realize it, or even just consuming on social media, like how much that affects your health and wellness. But back to your question, it was really that researching and it was like, I just knew all of it and it all downloaded. And then I also was like, well, I feel like I need a certification. How can I do this? So then I did enroll with the Institute for Integrative Nutrition and all of that really was just confirmation for everything I had read and researched, but then more so everything I already knew. And it was like this community of like-minded individuals, whatever licenses, um, educations they have that it just opened my eyes and it really introduced me to this whole community, but then also like trust in myself as well. So I would love to know some of the specific things, either 
food or habits that you found to be lower vibrational and that were potentially holding you back and how you let those go. Because, you know, I've done a lot of reading about diet culture and I know that a, a lot of it is not necessarily like you can't restrict yourself. That's not helpful. That, that creates more of a desire for some of the things that maybe aren't so good for you, but it's more about like adding the good things in. And then hopefully the other stuff will kind of edge its way out. (laughs) So what was your journey with that? And what are some of the things that you found to be harmful for you? And how did you kind of let them go? Absolutely. So one of the things it's interesting, kind of bring me back to in reflecting back to earlier in my journey of when I would restrict so much and with diet culture and counting calories. And it was just such a mentality of just really just taking things from your life of it was like, well, just take this out. And then you're just left with this emptiness and usually you're really hungry. So you can't focus then on anything else that day. All you're thinking about is trying to not be hungry or the food that you wish you could eat or all these things. And then that is controlling you. But I just had this like awakening of, well, wait a second, why am I taking all these things from my life, but then I'm not replacing them with anything. And it was like this little light bulb uh, just kind of started going off that I was like, okay, so if say, like we all used to do and some of us still do because we all have individual bodies, which is totally fine. But like the whole low carb movement and more so in the fact of like, oh, I'm going to have a hamburger, but I'm just going to take the bun away from it. And, you know, being scared of potatoes and being scared of rice and all these whole grains and again, vegetables that are so beneficial to us. But I was like, okay, so if I'm taking something away I'm basically left, and this speaks to a lot of areas in our life, with kind of like a hole. So I'm like, I need to then replace that hole with something positive and something nourishing. So then I really kind of started looking at that with everything in my life, even like in my corporate world of I'm drinking so much coffee a day and it's giving me so much anxiety and the afternoon slump and all these things. And I know it's not serving me. It's not serving me hormonally. I can feel it in my stomach. It was like this intuition of like, why are you drinking this? But the ego would take over. And I was like, but I need this to survive. So I was like, okay, so what if I don't drink coffee for a day and I replace it with an herbal tea or a black tea at the time, because I was very focused on caffeine until I learned that my body can actually operate really well without any caffeine as well. So I just kind of started this like remove and then replace it with something positive. And that really, really started clicking And then the habits were huge and the habits in the sense of my morning routine that I was like, I'm such a morning person, but earlier in my career, my morning person was like, oh, well, I can just get to the office before everyone else. And by the time everyone else shows up at nine, I'll have been here for two hours and I'll have gotten so much done. And again, this kind of wake up call was like, what are you doing? Like you're not doing anything for yourself. And then my morning routines really started and it was like, okay, well this isn't working. So there has to be another way. So I was like, all right, what if I start doing a morning routine for myself and I spend two hours with myself before I go into the office and before I start my day? And sure enough, I'd be more productive, wouldn't need all the caffeine. I wasn't just so 
crazy, but again, it was kind of that like remove and replace. And in those mornings, it was really spending time with me and getting to know myself and looking at the parts of myself that I didn't want to look at. And I attribute a lot of that to meditation and then movement were really just so key. And then journaling as well. I'm a huge, huge writer. I kind of tend to loop meditation and journaling in one because I meditate and then I like write my heart out immediately after. Can you tell us about your acronym that you have for your morning routine? Because when I saw you post about that, I just was like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. So I would love for you to share that. I think it's incredible. Yes. Oh my gosh. It's so funny. So I came up with this acronym for my morning routine, which I call my magic ritual, which magic stands for meditation, activity, gratitude, intention, and creativity, M-A-G-I-C. And what is so funny about that is when I had first heard about Hal Elrod, he wrote the book, The Miracle Morning, I think it's called. And it was all about like, oh, wake up and like, do your affirmations and, you know, whatever kind of typical morning routine. And I remember I was already doing my own morning routine. And then I read his book and I was like, what the heck? Like, this is my book. Like, I was like, what is this? Like, this is, this is my story, but like, not my story because it's his story. And then ever since then, I was like, I need to come up with like an acronym for my morning routine. Like, what is it that I do? And then really things just evolved. And about a year and a half, maybe two years ago, um, I have a little bit of trouble with time, but it suddenly came to me again after a meditation where I was again reflecting on it. And it really just downloaded in again, that truth, that intuition, that just clarity, there's nothing else. And it was like, this is it. So with my magic ritual, they're kind of five checkpoints, whether you spend 60 minutes in the morning and you have, are able to do a full hour of a morning routine. Amazing. If you only have five minutes and you can only do a minute of each, perfect. That's what you need. Or even if maybe a morning routine is not possible because that's life, try to at least get all five of those in throughout the day. So sometimes for me, it just kind of keeps it fluid and not so rigid. Like mornings are sacred for me. Sometimes they're not for other people. Sometimes we just need those little reminders to keep ourselves going throughout the day, to bring us back into alignment if we fall out. So we have meditation, whether that looks like sitting for 20 minutes or just taking a minute to take three deep breaths in or doing a kundalini meditation. I love, I've been chanting and doing a lot more music with my meditations, which has been so beautiful right now. And then I have activity, which activity is movement, moving the body. Again, same thing. It's not rigid. If you need to stretch, stretch for five minutes. If it's an hour walk, if it's, it's so funny, we were just having a conversation before this and you were talking about movement. Like if it's the spin class and that's what your body needs to get that energy out do that for yourself. And then G is gratitude. So finding gratitude. Sometimes my gratitude happens immediately when I wake up and I just sit there and I say, thank you for three things. I love saying thank you just randomly throughout the day. Anytime an experience happens, I love to just kind of shout out like, thank you into the universe. It just feels so good. So gratitude is huge. Intention, choosing your intention for the day because your intentions are so important. I always say it's really less about 
the goal and it's more about the intention behind the goal. What is your why statement? What is your intention for the day? Or is it an intention that you're working on that month? Your intentional mantra. Sometimes I'll even just pick a card from an affirmation deck for kind of that affirmative mantra that I can carry with me. Um, So intention is just huge. It also kind of gives you something to go back to when you maybe get off track or when an email comes up that you weren't ready for. You can always have that intention, kind of like that lighthouse to come home to. And then creativity is the last one of my magic ritual. And creativity always scares everyone because they're like, ah, but I'm not creative. And creativity is creativity. There's no rules to it. Your journaling practice can be creative. Reading a book is creativity. Cooking food, being in the kitchen, gardening. I love art journaling. My friend of mine who's an art therapist taught me about art journaling, and I love it because I can just play with watercolors, let it dry, shut the book, and no one has to ever see it. But it's really unlocked a lot of that sacral energy for me, which has been so beautiful. Um, So creativity is completely fluid in whatever way you elect to express yourself. And it can be singing too, talking. Um, There's just so much to it. So yes, that is my magic ritual. Highly encourage everyone who's listening to start adapting it if you need, again, just those little checkpoints. They're just little guidelines to help guide you on your journey. I could not love that more. Like I, like I said, when I first saw you post about it, it just like resonated with my soul and it's, um, it made me wish like, you know how you have those moments when, well, like you said in the book, yeah. you're like, oh, I wish I had thought of that. Cause that's so freaking genius. <laughs> so yes. genius. But I love that you also said that like, even if you can't do it in the morning to just make sure you check those boxes throughout the day, because as a mom myself, I, lo- I would love nothing more than to have a sacred morning ritual, but it's like, I'm awoken by my kids. And if I try to get up before them, like they somehow have this radar on that I'm awake. And so they come ruin whatever I'm doing. And so a lot of my spiritual practices have to be at nighttime after I know they're asleep and in bed. You know, so I love that you just don't put the pressure on people. Like this has to be your morning routine. Cause a lot of people will come up with something like that. And they put these boundaries on it and then people feel guilty if they can't complete it in the way it's quote unquote supposed to be done. And so I just love that you have that flexibility built into it. So I just had to kind of underline and underscore that for the listeners, because I just think it's important not to put so much pressure on yourself to have it be the way someone else does it, you know? Um, Yeah. It's so important. And to that point too, you know, if your movement for the day looks like some squats while you're brushing your teeth, or maybe you just walk laps around your house to get movement in while you're brushing your teeth or while you're doing the dishes, you do some lunges, like nothing has to be so rigid. And that's a big thing too, as it pertains back to our health and wellness and just our lives. Like we've accidentally made life so complicated and it doesn't have to be this complicated. Yeah. I think our society has taught us to do things like by the book. And I, I really think we're at a point in our evolution as an entire species that we can start to kind of loosen the reins a little bit and, you know, allow ourselves to have some grace. And so, you know, on that point, I really wanted to ask you about the creativity piece. So, you know, you and I are both podcasters and to me, podcasting is such a creative outlet. But when I think about your magic ritual, I really feel like 
at least for people who are in creative professions, we need to do something else aside. Like I can't just say, oh, I worked on my podcast today. Check the creativity box is done. You know, like it needs to be something else. Like you said, watercolor painting or whatever. So what are your thoughts on that for people who are creatives? Because I know a lot of people who listen to my podcast are empaths, are creative entrepreneurs, that kind of thing. So what can you suggest for them to maybe create some separation there? (laughs) Absolutely. So first of all, I enjoy bringing fun to everything I do. However, some of the things that I love, such as podcasting, such as being a holistic wellness coach and holding you know, maybe seven Zoom calls in a day, or I'm at my computer for four hours building my podcast and I finish it and I'm just like drained. At the same time, I'm also just like, oh my gosh, like that was just a lot of energy put into one specific thing. So I love to have other things that I can put my energy into. So from that creative standpoint, whatever if you're making money off of your creativity or if it's a hobby that means the world to you, that's amazing. Give yourself the space and permission to put everything you want into it. However, then have something else that maybe doesn't have a pressure around it. Like with our podcast, you know, we have a, there's deadlines. So to say we have a schedule, you know, there's a certain underlying pressure to show up for our listeners and our guests in the episodes. And it's all beautiful and we love every bit of it. And same if you're a graphic designer or a writer or a singer or an actor, there's always an underlying pressure of where we elect to kind of step into our purpose. So then what can we do that doesn't feel pressurized or what is the opposite of it? Like for me, I'm like, get me away from my computer. Like, thank you, computer. I'm so grateful for you. However, like I need space from you. So maybe I'll go outside and take my art journal with some watercolors and just kind of play out there. Sometimes even too, if I'm walking on the beach, I like to just like run my toe in the sand. It's kind of like the, um, the Buddhist, I think it is with like the, sand. I don't remember exactly what that is specifically. Or, you know, if you are a painter and you make money off of your paint, maybe find another element that can be more fun, like flow painting for me. I know it's so simple where you put in the acrylic paint with the um, flow trawl and you put it on the canvas and like spin it around and it just makes these really fun color swirls. Like I find that to also be weirdly meditative and therapeutic at the same time. So I always try to think of like, okay, if I'm doing this one thing, what would be the opposite for that? Or like what feels good in this moment? And sometimes what feels good in that moment is just like sitting outside or laying on my bed with my eyes closed and letting my imagination run in a meditative state or not even putting that pressure on it and just or allowing the imagination to run wild as well. And, you know, creativity, cooking as well. Like cooking is such a big one. I feel like food is just such a love language and your creativity might even come from like tasting food if you don't enjoy cooking it, but you love eating it. Like give yourself the time to like mindfully enjoy that meal and really taste it. And that can also be very creative as well. It's like creative to the senses. Those are such amazing suggestions. Thank you for that. Because sometimes we do need tangible things that we can 
can do, especially in an area such as creativity, which can be so open. I mean, it's, it's so free flowing that sometimes it's hard to even know where to start. So I appreciate those tangible examples. So one thing too, that I did want to mention as well is just also with taking a bath, I can also find a bath to be a really creative outlet as well. And like, what do I want to put in my bath? Do I want to play music? Do I want to light candles? And then same thing, even putting like a face mask on something about like painting your face might be like my tribalness of my soul coming out. But like, I find just the act of like putting a face mask on to be really fun as well. Oh my gosh. I love that. That's such a great, that's such a great example. I never would have thought of that. So with all of the different types of things that you do with your podcasting, with your health and wellness coaching, what is kind of the big message that you are really hoping to send out to the world? My main message that comes to me just all the time is that I'm here to truly help others tap into their own true potential. And I believe that completely, but more so within that is that it's okay to be yourself in that. It's okay to trust yourself and to follow your heart and to even question things. Even if you've been told one thing your entire life and it's never resonated with you, honor that piece of you because that is something that belongs to you. So in my work, especially with Ambu and like health and wellness and what we're eating, like there's no one way to eat for everyone, but I do encourage you to really kind of find the why behind things. Like, especially, you know, we've heard our whole life from our parents growing up, eat your fruit and vegetables. And we kind of almost created, at least for myself, like kind of a barrier around that of it was like, well, you're supposed to do this, so you should do this. And I've always naturally loved vegetables, but it wasn't until I dove deeper into the why behind vegetables and understanding, oh, this is what they do for my body. And then started releasing some of those restrictions and just really tapping in and allowing my intuition to guide me and knowing that if my body wants me to eat three apples today, that's what my body needs. Now, eating anything in excess also is not necessarily recommended or always good for us. However, if you get those cues or you eat a clementine, but you're like, oh, I would just love to have another one, like that's a cue from your body of what she wants. And same, sometimes even when I'm in the supplement aisle of a store and suddenly like dandelion root is just like flashing to me on the shelf, I take that even though I'm like, well, I don't know anything about this. That's a sign that like that is something that will serve you. So really just finding that trust and being brave enough to really honor yourself. And if you've never done that before, I always say like, just try it. Like the worst thing is that you go back to doing what you were doing before. And that's fine. That may not even be the worst thing, but at least give yourself the respect to try something. So for me, it's really just, my goal is to really guide everyone to love themselves for who they are. And then be brave enough and find that courage within themselves to go about life in a way that makes sense to them, even if it doesn't make sense to anyone else. Those are such beautiful suggestions. And also it's funny because I have dandelion root downstairs. 
and I haven't taken it in a while. And I was actually looking at it last night and I was like, huh, maybe I should like pick that back up again. So I feel like this is like some kind of strange synchronicity to like, tell me to take that again. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's so funny. So I love dandelion root, especially as like a liver cleanser. I find that it really helps my body clear things that are not serving her. And like, I'm sitting here, you know, talking all about fruits and vegetables and herbs. I'm also a very curious person and like always experimenting. Like for my body, I have a gluten sensitivity. However, I've also been playing around with just energetic situations of how my body responds to gluten when I'm under stress or when I'm in more of that vacation mode. And just kind of playing with how our body digests our situation and then the foods we put into it. But to that point, if it's something where I want to test my body, which I do frequently of, okay, let's see, like, do we still not like gluten or do we still not like dairy around our cycle? And I will then follow up, which my body sends me the same cues, like, please stop doing this. I really don't like these foods. (laughs) But dandelion root really helps clear anything out that's no longer serving me. Interesting. Okay. So maybe that's why I need to take it. Like maybe I need to kind of process some, even if it's emotional, like kind of removing some things. So how do you kind of keep track of this stuff? Do you have like a journal where you write down how you're reacting to, for example, just using what you, the example you just used of gluten, you know, how, what's a good way for people to kind of track how they feel around different things? Yes. So I do. So I write it down, whether in my journal, but also my planner. So I can see a calendar date of, okay, I had gluten on this Thursday night, say after a stressful day at work. However, it felt good in the moment to, okay, go with my husband to the food truck or to the craft brewery because I haven't, you know, even had alcohol in a while. And suddenly I got this like inkling of like a beer. And then in my journal, I will then write post that experience of how that felt for me. And sometimes it doesn't happen that night because, you know, we're all human. Sometimes it might happen that next morning where I'm like, oh yeah, was woken up with bloat and gassiness, or I woke up and I suddenly had a pimple on my face that I haven't had in a while. And kind of just track it and then also track it then the time that is spent without it and how things change. So I write it because for me, tracking, it's kind of just the planner in myself really, really helps me. But then also from an intuitive standpoint of what as well, of just kind of checking in, like I'm taking this intentional action or I'm eating this food because I'm making the choice to eat it. But as I do that, I'm then going to bring an awareness after the fact as to how my body feels. And again, there's no coincidences. So if you eat something and suddenly you have achy joints or you get a headache, because it's not always our stomach, it can show up anywhere in our body, or suddenly you get a sore throat or you get really hot, like any physical feeling is a message from your body. But then on the same side, when we do really like things, our body also sends us messages of when we really are enjoying something. So I actually love playing with it with foods like an apple, for instance, I was talking about apples earlier, where I'll kind of ask my intuition, okay, do we want to eat an apple right now? And I wait to see for me, it's like full body chills are a very big yes of what I feel. And if I feel the chills, I'm like, okay, and then I'll play with it and go to the banana 
do I want a banana? And we'll get that no. And then when I'm eating that apple too, if I get any responses, but sometimes my body will be just like lit up when I'm eating certain foods and I'm like, okay, you like these. And then I'll go write that down as a reminder of, Hey, this food really served me or this herb or tea or whatever it was. Oh my gosh. Those are such great suggestions. So do you track like multiple things at once? Because I think sometimes it could be confusing, you know, like you're, Mm. you're talking about the gluten, like you, you know, is my body reacting to the gluten or is it reacting to this other thing? You know, how do you kind of tease that out and keep track of it? Yes. So a lot of it, I will say is intuitive of having that notion and kind of trying to get really clear and listening to those cues that come up of when even like I eat something and I didn't have an awareness. I wasn't planning on tracking it. And then I feel like crap after and I'm like, okay, something did not feel good. I'll then kind of ask my body like the yes or no questions. Like, was it the gluten? Yes or no. Or was it the oil? Yes or no. Or was it the animal protein or was it the sugar? Like, could it have even been the reaction between the two? And then I will try to kind of silo them out. So if I had say like a sugary beverage with like a gluten, um, would be like a, like a wrap or something, or like a burger, like a veggie burger with like a gluten bun and like a sugary drink. And like my body just went crazy. I will then, then try to go back and have those things individually on their own to then feel, okay, what was it? But if I don't have that opportunity, cause sometimes we don't, I'll kind of just go through the list of like, was it this or was it this? And anything again, that comes to mind, that first answer, that first response, I always trust that. And then I always lean into that. And it might be having that same thing again to really check it of like, okay, body, I just want to double check that you don't like this, if that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. Well, thank you for those suggestions because I think that's really helpful. You know, I I know for me and the work that I've done creating a connection to my body, sometimes it can be confusing, but I love that you, you know, emphasize using your intuition and, you know, really strengthening that and using that to connect with your body. Because I think the thing we forget is that the body is this spiritual vehicle for us, for everything else. I mean, we can't do anything in life if we don't have our body and our health. So I just think that the work that you're doing is of paramount importance. And I totally respect that. Thank you. It's so true. And, you know, it's so confusing. Like there's so much information out there. It's so easy to just get lost in it and then feel like, how can I make my own decisions? So that's something else too, is for me, I get really overwhelmed when there's a lot of people around me. So if I'm maybe trying to make a decision about food and there's so many people around me, I know I'm not going to be able to make that decision. So it might be as simple as like excusing myself and going to the bathroom. And then when I'm in the bathroom, being like, okay, now that I'm alone, like, what do I want to do right now? Do I want that glass of wine or do I just want the sparkling water or, Ooh, I'm being tempted, but I know if I eat this piece of fried chicken, it's going to make me feel bad later. So maybe I should actually choose this. And, you know, just kind of honoring that and just finding the space and giving yourself permission to try things and try them 
your way, but it's tough, but it comes again, be open to experimenting is really the best thing that I can say. And you'll figure it out eventually. And when you get those little inklings that you think you're doing the right thing, write it down so you don't forget it. I also use to the notepad on my phone, my iPhone, the little like note section. And I write so much stuff just as little reminders. So I always have that to refer back to. Such great tips, such great strategies. You've given us so many good things. I, I just can't thank you enough for all the tangible examples and information that you've given. So thank you so much. And I would love to pull a card for you if that's okay. Yay. Of course. Yay. And we can kind of see how this corresponds to maybe our conversation or something that's going on in your life. So we'll see what comes up. I'll read to you from the guidebook and then we'll kind of process it together. So for everyone listening, I am using the deck Messages from the Mermaids by Karen Kay. And this is such a fun deck for Brit, especially just being such a water person. I know you live in Florida and you're in tropical climate. So this just really called out to me. Yes. I'm so excited. I love this deck. So honored that you chose it. (laughs) All right. I'm just going to pull one randomly here. Let's see what we get. Oh my gosh. Okay. Of course. I mean... Nothing is ever a coincidence, you know? We got the trust card. Oh, oh my gosh. Love. Uh, The trust card could not be more perfect for what we've just been talking about. So let me pull this up and I'll read just directly from the guidebook and then we'll kind of see how we feel about what they say. Karen said, this mermaid says everything is working out perfectly and for the highest good of all, even if it doesn't feel that way right now. It's important to put your trust in life and know that all is well. Sometimes we can feel like a feather in the wind, blown this way and that, feeling out of control. Yet the truth is that we're never really in control. Allow your heart and inner wisdom to guide you through your situation, knowing that your sun will rise and shine once again. When our rational mind becomes dominant and our need to control takes over, life can be challenging. Yet within our mind, we also have the power to turn things around and surrender to our destiny as it unfolds, even if this feels uncomfortable at times. Know that your journey is unfolding exactly as it should, and there's nothing to concern yourself about. Life is creative and full of twists and turns. It's all part of the grand, harmonious symphony of existence, but it's okay to sing out of tune sometimes. Trust that life is metaphorically helping you to compose a brand new song. However you interpret this card's meaning, the core message will keep coming back to trust. The place where you now find yourself is an indication that your destiny is unfolding. It's a time of rebirth into the new and unknown, which can be frightening, even though there's nothing to fear. Go within and know that all is well as you trust your life's process. So what's your reaction to that? (laughs) What a perfect way to wrap up that entire conversation. (laughs) It could not be more spot on. (laughs) Especially the feather in the wind analogy. I really resonate with that because I've definitely felt like that. And I mean, still get in situations where I feel like that, especially when I'm making choices for myself. Sometimes it's just like, oh my gosh, like, what am I doing? I'm being blown away by what everyone else wants and their needs and what people are telling me. And, you know, it can be so tough until you're able to come back home to you and just remember to do you 
and trust and do just do what speaks to you. Yeah. I think, you know, you really just beautifully touched on the bigger picture of that meaning. And I think also just pulling into the conversation that we just had, trusting your body with what it needs, trusting yourself, trusting your intuition that you know, what is best for you. You have, you know, driven that point home throughout this entire interview. And so I feel like that (laughs) card just really confirmed it, that we have to trust ourselves. We have to trust our bodies trust our inner knowing. So I just think that that was so crazy. (laughs) So crazy. And that, you know, trust all the experiences as well. Like everything you've done, isn't really anything bad. It's just even giving you a hindsight of like, Oh, okay. I don't like that. Or I did that previously. And I wasn't super fond of myself in that instance. So how can I do things differently? And it takes time. Like we spoke about all this here. And like I said, I experiment all the time. Like no one has reached a certain pedestal that puts them above you or someone else, you know, like we're all just experiencing life as we know it in our own individual perspective. So it's going to take time. And especially looking at life holistically and from more of like a natural lifestyle. It's not going to be an overnight change, but it's really the journey that is like the fun part and the exciting part. And honestly, it never really ends and there's never going to be a magic pill either. So important to remember and to just think about things for the long haul, you know, for the bigger picture of, of it and remembering that this is not a race, you know, that this is an entire journey. And so I love that you bring that in there. Thank you so much, Britt, for being here. Where can people find you if they're interested in learning more about you? Yes, absolutely. So you can, if you want to connect, can definitely find me on Instagram most often over at my holistic wellness page, which is at Ambu Wellness. And that is A-M-B-U. And then my podcast page is at Loving Your Own Soul. I do have a podcast as well as my holistic wellness coaching services and something that's fun too. The term Ambu in Sanskrit English or Ayurvedic medicine actually stands for water. And I chose that name because of my, just like the mermaid deck, my connection to water and just, you know, we are all made up primarily of water. So water and energy and I just love all of the earth elements. So yeah, you can find me at Loving Your Own Soul or Ambu Wellness. Awesome. Thank you again so much for being here. This was so fun. I just loved sitting in your energy. So thank you so much for being here today and sharing all of your wisdom with my listeners. Same. This was beautiful. Thank you so much, Dana. Such an honor. I hope you found information, clarity, or inspiration that you'll take with you today and use in your everyday life. If you enjoy my show, the biggest compliment you could give would be sharing it with your friends, subscribing, rating, and reviewing it on whatever device you use to listen. Visit me at thesoulrisingpodcast.com or at the underscore soul rising podcast on Instagram and Facebook. A huge thank you to Purple Planet for the music used in this episode. See you next time.